now, Galvin. This is right up your alley. Yeah. An Olympic runner. <laughs> yeah. What? A runner. Uh, she is a, has a book. Her name is Susie Favor Hamilton. Uh-huh. She has a book called Fast Girl, A Life Spent Running from Madness. Uh, she was just your typical Wisconsin housewife who happened to uh, make it to the Olympics a couple of times. Right. And then decided, like, I- I've seen this a lot in women that I've known for a long time. They get they they spend all these years being the person that they think they're supposed to be, the mother and the good wife, whatever. And then all of a sudden they get a taste of what it's like to just be crazy fun girl, and they go nuts. Right, something she, triggers it. Yeah. Well, in her case, uh, she's got a her family with a history of mental disorder. Her brother was bipolar, ended up dying. Uh, but she went on a rampage. She started with uh, having a threesome. Then she was making uh, trips to Vegas where she was having threesomes with her and just dudes, mm-hmm. and then she became a hooker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was I would say would still be going on had she not been busted. I don't know who busted her. I got to ask who busted. Her. I know the smoking gun uh, caught on about it, but I want to know how who was who it was that exactly busted her. But anyway, she's going to join us here on the show in a minute because there's very few people that are going to recognize her probably from the Olympics. You yeah, know what I mean, I, you only know the Olympians that got that were like the gold medal. Champions superstars, yeah, yeah. Nobody like. I, first of all, I don't understand why anybody becomes an Olympian. I get it. I mean, I, I'm all. I would love to be like. Yes, I was. I represented my country, and uh, I brought back a gold for them competing in the other countries. But not when you look at all that has to go into it. The training that they do that these people have done since they're since they were children. There, there doesn't seem to be a payoff. Sure there is. Why? It's because, like, for instance, say runners. Runners aren't, uh, you know, there's no American Running League or anything like that. So for runners, they go, okay, I'm an amateur. I'm an Olympian. I won gold. Now, who wants to sponsor me? I'm turning pro. But so pro I'm going to run. You, you do, like, uh, Pan Am games. You do different stuff. You, there's different events. Right, there are events that happen. I, I'm just saying to me, like, it's the work is not uh, worth it, like, um... If you were going to be a baseball player and play baseball, you're oh, like sure. for a major league contract. It's you, you. The pride is probably the same, but you don't get the accolades that come with like being a regular, uh, uh, you know, an athlete like in baseball or football or something. Right, but for somebody who's like a runner, for instance, it's a lot more marketable to say this guy is a pro runner and gold medalist. And let's, you know, be, let's which, be honest though, and uh, I'm not belittling it, but the only people who care about gold medal runners are other runners, probably. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't. Maybe I would pick a shoe if I was thinking about running based on who, right? Who, who is you know, I don't know. It's not. It's there is not that kind of uh, endorsement money and whatnot. Unless, like you were saying earlier, you're the you're the. But if you have Under Armour, Adidas, or something like that, where you're getting, uh, uh, they're sponsoring you yeah. or you're endorsing them, you're making a lot of money off of that. And the gold medal just kind of makes you more high profile. I can tell you, I'd rather I'd make much more money. Being a hooker yeah. and being happier. Yeah, being you can do that as well. Certainly a lot less exercise. Uh, anyway, she's got a book out. It's called Fast Girl, A Life Spent Running from Madness. This is Susie Favor Hamilton. Susie, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? Uh, I, too, am doing great. I have to ask you, we were just discussing this. Before we get to the juicy stuff, what yeah. possesses somebody to want to be, what, what to you was the thing you, that made you want to be in the Olympics? Because I, we were just arguing that, the payoff of being an Olympic athlete doesn't seem nearly as cool as like being a baseball player or a football player, and it seems like way more work and more competition. 
<laughs> I think you got it right there completely. I think, um, you know, for me, it was something that came easy and beating all the boys. It, it was just something I fell into. And I think as a kid, too, a lot of goals are, oh, I want to be in the Olympics. So that's, for me, that's what it was. Just, I fell into it. And yeah. obsession. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of we kind of always, you know, when we're kids, they come around, they make a big deal about it on TV, and you, you know that that's, if you think if you're the best, then I guess that's where you should be. Sure. Should and be. there's only so many people that have Olympic medals, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you were, what is a middle distance runner? Um, a middle distance is 800, so a half mile and 1500, which is um, almost a mile. Wow. So that's middle. So basically, you're sprinting around the track. So I would have to do a 64 lap for the 1500. So four times, <clears throat> four times going 64 pace. That's why wow. Galvin answered your question. Why our body is so fantastic? Yeah, yeah, that will do it. We're well, just... thank you. It's and now I do other exercises. So I do, you know, yoga bar. I don't know if you've heard of bar, but oh it's yeah, like, oh yeah. Amazing! It elongates your body. It's it's really awesome. How tall are you? You know, I'm only five four, but people expect me to be really tall. But yeah. as a runner, you really you want to be more compact because it's all about how quick you can get the other foot on the ground. So if you're striding, you're wasting time in the air. And let me so add, if you're tall, you're just kind of floating. You want to hit that ground as quick as you can. Galvin's a runner, so he can relate to you, but I'm not. But it, it doesn't matter what kind of shoes you wear, right? You can wear anything. But yeah, I still sprint. Like last night, I was uh, sprinting on the Strand in California, right on the ocean there. And I love I love when I can do that. I can do that about once a week because my body won't allow me. And I just sprint past people. <laughs> My body doesn't allow me either. Never has. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she heard your question. Oh, she heard me. No, I he, said, it. he said it doesn't matter what kind of shoes you wear. It totally does. <laughs> not, not necessarily. You see these guys running marathons. I haven't seen any women yet, um, but they run bare feet. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but, you know, there's great shoes all over. Anyway, Su Susie's got a very interesting story. Uh, in addition to being an Olympic runner, she was involved in a relationship. Now, you met your husband in college? I met him, it'll be 25, well, I met him like 29 years ago, but we will be married for 25 years next May. And and while you're married, see, I, I was explaining this and before. He was the only partner I had my entire life. See, that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem because a lot of women who think that that's what they're supposed to do and they get they get married and they have families and they do one thing and then all of a sudden they get a little taste of what it's like to be the fun crazy side and then they go through that period of being wild. Right, right. But for me there there's so much more to well, just that aspect because I don't know how like in the first place on our 20th anniversary um we decided to do some bucket list things, which was jump from an airplane and have a threesome, something nobody would ever find out about. At the same time? <laughs> that would be difficult. Oh, okay. But um, what happened was two months before the threesome and the jumping out of the plane in, in Vegas, I had been misdiagnosed for depression, and they put me on a drug called Zoloft. And by no means am I making any excuses, but... I know this drug immediately changed me. I was on top of the world. I was exhilarated. I was um, 
I had no inhibitions. So with somebody having bipolar, not knowing I had bipolar at the time, and and um, being prescribed Zoloft in some people, it can bring on a hypersexuality. Uh-huh. And there is no doubt this happened to me. I know it's usually I, the opposite. It's usually if you have depression and you're taking medication, it, it right. takes away from your sex drive. Well, but see, you have to understand, I was bipolar, so it's the combination of the bipolar and the Zoloft, but you are correct. So that, um, you know, just Google Zoloft and bipolar, yeah. and you'll see that this is legit. Um, and I think that's what's hard. It's hard for our society to put their arms around that and understand how hypersexuality happens. Um, with sex and diseases, it, it's just, it's so misunderstood. So, so let me ask you real quick. Did you did you have the bucket list before the Zoloft? Or did you guys, uh, once you took the Zoloft, you're like, let's do some crazy stuff? Um, it, was a, it was around the time right after I took the Zoloft that we started to think about these things. There's no way I could have done jumping out of an airplane. By the way, he was thinking about it before the Zoloft. You were just <laughs> well, I mean, that's natural. I mean, it's yeah. for... Yeah, but I was, um, I don't know. I still kind of wonder about this gray area. Could I, could I have had the threesome without the hypersexuality? You know, people talk about, they talk about it, but they don't always go through with it. So I'm that part, I'm just not sure yeah. if I would have gone through or not. Did you like it? Know. Did you like it? It changed me immediately, and I talk about it in my book, um, Fast Girl. I talk about how... After that threesome, it was like something changed in me. And I told Mark right afterwards, I'm like, don't you feel different? Like, we're walking through the casino, and we just did something nobody else has done, or maybe not as many people have done. Right. Obviously, lots of people do this, but I had changed, and I was uh, feeling a manic high. And it was incredible, and I loved that feeling. It was my first taste. Yeah, see, that's that's a thing, and then, but you had lived uh, in in addition to having this this heightened level of sexuality. You have never done anything like this before. I mean, you've been with one man, you had one partner. A whole new world opened up for you. Exactly, and being an athlete, you're. I was very coachable in that I did whatever my coaches said, and I didn't party. I okay, I drank once in a while, but I didn't party. I didn't have any sexual explorations when I was you know, in college or high school, I was the good girl. I was the goody two-shoes. Um, so this world opening up to me was, oh, my God, this is incredible. Now, did he feel the same way, or is he like, all right, slow it down? No, you know, for you know, for him as a guy, it was great, but he didn't have the experience I had. He wasn't like, oh, we need to do this again. Yeah. After, after that happened... It was a six-month progression before I became an escort. So it didn't. I didn't have the threesome and then just became an escort. It was me exploring, um, hiring a gigolo, and from you know, and picking men up at bars, which was incredibly dangerous. Now he and was cool. He was cool with that. He knew you were doing it. He wasn't cool with this. He didn't like the idea, and I told him. I convinced him that it'll just be once. I just want to, we did the female uh, threesome. Why can't I just hire the gigolo? You know, and it'll only be that one time. Which, by the way, is why more guys don't push for threesomes. Because yeah. you know you're going to get that, well, now you owe me one coming back at you. Right. So that 
was kind of, and again, this was a progression. I'm just kind of making it sound really quick. Right, right. Um, to, because we don't have a lot of time. So after the gigolo, and he said that uh, basically I could tell that, he, I mean, he was getting paid. And I, that was kind of this light bulb moment where I had convinced Mark, please just let me try it once. I want to try being an escort. This would be, nobody in the world would ever know. Right. And... You know, I can live like I've never lived before. But you weren't doing it because you needed the money. You wanted the exhilaration of being that that type of person. Exactly. And my marriage wasn't going great with Mark. That's why we did the threesome in the first place. Right. Kind of spark things. And I hated the job I was doing. I shouldn't have been working with my husband in the real estate. It just... Yeah, I was boring Miss Wisconsin housewife, real estate, one partner. You were due for a breakout. Right. I think, you know, all that just set me in this depression and the chemical imbalance in my brain Right, put me in this spiral down. But when I look back, it was the Sydney Olympics in 2000. That was my first inkling of my <clears throat> of my downward spiral. Well, let me ask you real quick. Now, how did that... We hear all sorts of stories. And that's where all the action has. When you kids go away to Olympic Village, it's all they do is have sex with each other. Well, I mean, it's there's two thousand condoms that are handed out at the Olympics. People right, don't right. Realize the size side of it. Um, yeah, and here you are, like me, who's trained her entire life. I was in the Olympic uh, dorms, and it was a party. And mine was the last event. Um, it, it was crazy, but that was my first Olympics in '92 in Sydney. My last Olympics in 2000. I had enormous pressure. I had just lost my brother the year before. He died by suicide. He was bipolar. Um, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders in order to win. Right. And I wasn't, with 100 meters to go, I was being passed, and I wasn't going to get the gold. Nike had just met, um, spent all this money investing in me, and I just did a commercial. It, it was all just too much, and instead of speaking up, I ended up in the race falling on purpose because I felt if I fall on purpose, I have an excuse rather than finishing the race and last and just, oh, she failed. You know, she's she choked. Could they could they tell you were faking it? Did they tell you that you fell on purpose or did you not reveal that till later? Um, I definitely was having a full-fledged anxiety attack. Right. Um, so... I never said anything. And then the media just came up with this excuse that I was dehydrated. And I was like, great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for giving me that immediate out. But that was the downward spiral. I never got over or dealt with that, um, that how I had sabotaged my own Olympic dream. But, man, that's got to be so difficult after training so hard and working with that and the pressures that come with it and your your family uh, with your brother. I mean, that's, that's going to end up exploding at some point. And looking back, I should have been medicated because I, was, I wasn't able to handle the anxiety and I do believe the bipolar that was, you know, already swirling in my mind. Mm -hmm. But then again, if I was medicated, I doubt I would have had that drive. That, that's that's yeah. true. This is Susie Famer, Favor Hamilton. She's got a book out called Fast Girl, A Life Spent Running from Madness. She was an Olympic athlete, and once uh, she had this experimental night with her husband with a threesome, 
uh, over time uh, that manifested into her becoming a call girl. How long did that last? It was um, exactly one year till a tabloid, The Smoking Gun. Um, I was revealed through a client who I couldn't see, and he felt um, rejected. Uh-huh. He actually was the one who told The Smoking Gun, and he found me at uh, the Rock and Roll Marathon appearance I was doing in Las Vegas and escorting at the same time. And he basically approached me and said, I know who you are. You're not Kelly. I created a different person right. persona. And um, he then basically said that, give me a statement or I'm going to ruin your life. And I thought for sure my life is ruined. I'm done. I was over. And, um, yeah, that's kind but, of what happened. But uh, you now in the beginning of the interview, I hadn't read the book. I only read parts of it. You refer to your husband. You're still with your husband? Yes. You know what's amazing about Mark is that after I was diagnosed, he tried so desperately to get me out, but there was no way. I got sucked in. I wasn't getting out. And after I was diagnosed with bipolar, um, he then really focused on the disease and was able to let that behavior go. I do, I totally believe relationships can be saved. I'm not saying everybody has bipolar or mental illness that has an affair or cheats. I'm just saying um, if there is a disease involved, a mental health issue, relationships could be saved if people just focus on that. Well, listen, I think that's uh, a testament to your your relationship that the two of you can get through something uh, like that. uh, But but I have to ask you, is there ever any part of you that still wants to have crazy days every once in a while? You know, it's if I'm having, like, a depressed day that something just, you know, with this book, it's a huge trigger for me. So there's days that I just, I'm at such a low that I'm thinking, okay, what would make me feel better? Okay, do I drink a bottle of wine? Do I, you know, think about going back to Vegas and acting on that? I don't believe I can act on it because of the medicine. I'm not hypersexual anymore. Right. So I don't feel that need to go that route. But I still feel like alcohol would be a solution. But again, the medication makes me stop and think, whereas when I was on the Zoloft, I would just do. I never thought of any consequences. The riskier, the crazier, the better, the high. Yeah. Uh, Hey, I just wanted to ask, so at the Rock and Roll Marathon in Vegas, so did this guy see you there was it just like a chance that he saw you no. and he was like no oh. the guy read her out the reporter he, yeah. he flew from the east coast he knew i was in vegas for this appearance but how did he know you how did he with the, the rejected client read her out um, how did the rejected client know who you are um because i told seven clients my oh. name oh okay. I, because of the risky behavior it just kind of it intensified the high for me you gotcha. almost kind of want to get caught sometimes yeah because i was just wondering because there's not a lot of people that are going to know a uh olympic Runner. medal you know unless they're all over everywhere where they would point somebody out and go oh i know exactly who that is right and running you know it's not like you can spot a, a track and field athlete walking down the street right so i told and in my appearance was changing i was trying to look the ideal look of an escort. So I felt like there's no way anybody would recognize me. I and swear, I went to a bachelor party and the next day I'm like, I think I banged Mary Lou Retton last night. I'm not <laughs> sure. It cost me two grand though. 
You are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a very interesting story. Uh, Fast girl, a life spent running from madness. Susie Favor Hamilton. You can get it at susiefavorhamilton.com. And it's uh, not just a story of, of whoring it up. I mean, there's there's uh, mental illness involved. There's a, a long, strong marriage involved. And uh, and a goddamn rat in Las Vegas who ruined yeah. the whole thing. People just can't keep their mouths shut. But uh, you know what? He, yeah. he did save my life. I know. I'm joking. I mean, if that was... I know. I know. If he didn't give you the opportunity to, to finally get out and get whatever the correct help you needed was. And in exactly. the meantime, I'm going to stop and get some Zola for my wife on the way home. Just see <laughs> what kind of... But, but again, it wouldn't have that effect on her Listen, if she wasn't by It's worth a shot. I'm going to try everything and, and see what And it's can. not a guarantee that, that her chemical her chemical makeup in her brain is going to be different than mine. Everybody's different. No, I know. I Listen, yeah. I, I but think... you like to kid and tease. I, <laughs> I, th- I think that uh, you're very strong and, and to be able to talk about this while stealing, still dealing with the fact that you have to deal with triggers is, is uh, great. So I appreciate you coming on the air. Thank you. Yeah, that is a difficult part. But thank you for giving me this platform to speak to your audience. I really do appreciate that. All right. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that were, are in similar situations that... That's yes. the best way for them to get help is hear other people talk about it. Oh, my gosh. You would not believe with the emails I'm getting how people are saying your story resonates with me. I lived that life or I'm living that life. Not that they're escorts. Right. But they're, yeah, they're living that life. Fast girl, a life spent running from madness, Susie Favor, Favor Hamilton. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. You hear that? If your wife has been bipolar... Zoloft is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Steve and Julie Weintraub here for the Golden Diamond Source. If you're thinking about getting engaged, Golden Diamond Source is your one-stop destination. Shop, compare, and save at the Golden Diamond Source. 3800 Olmerton Road. Or online at goldendiamondsource.com.